0: Hey, everyone. Hi. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Alice. Hey, Rose- now. Greg, what are you doing here? Hey, what do you mean? Are- Where Allison- do you come from, Greg? <laughs> I came
1: from the world of childish, and I just want to make sure that your listeners know that you're just as wonderful on the, on the other podcast you do.
0: What if they don't have kids?
1: Don't need them. We <laughs> don't eat them. A lot of our listeners actually tell us they don't have kids. We talk about sex. We talk about all sorts and... of dirty
0: stuff, yeah. but also parenting stuff. Yeah. So, check out Childish new episodes every Wednesday wherever you listen to podcasts. Everyone, hi, hello. welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I'm very excited to bring in our guests shortly, but first, I must catch up with my producer self described bad boy of podcasting, Tony Thaxton. Hello, am I making you hate your own nickname?
1: No, I just you know i you really you li- really love running and with this uh self proclaimed thing and just rubbing it in my face. I
0: know I'm really leaning in so I, earlier today, I was recording my new podcast, which I hope everyone will go check out, Upworthy Weekly. It comes out on Saturdays. It's the lighthearted look at the news, uh, of the week before news that ran on Upworthy. And, um, my co-host Todd was like, you love being mean to me. And I was like, I really do. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't think of myself as a mean person. I am a pacifist. Like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know why you bring it out of me. And then I was thinking, I was, thinking I feel like he and I have already had that conversation. Like I felt like this was a callback. And then I realized, no, no, it's not a callback to Todd and me. It's a callback to self-proclaimed bad boy of podcasting and me because I think didn't you and I have a conversation about like, why am I being so mean to you? uh
1: i think so yeah i mean we we pick on it, it i feel like it's our it's our podcast personality that's <laughs> so right you like you're not you're nothing but nice to me in real life but i feel like once we start the show then we like to we
0: like to you know Do, to get into it each
1: other a little bit yeah
0: thank yeah. you that was we couldn't if if if, if 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 that had been planned that could not have gone better you saying in real life i'm nothing but nice to you stick Which with then that makes messaging. me
1: super nice by saying
0: that <laughs> in rea- on the podcast <laughs> even oh my goodness <laughs> tony sometimes it's hard keeping track of our real life personas our podcast personas
1: we have many layers that's what people don't realize
0: i i don't know who i am from one day to the next actually i'm joking however uh, I have to say, I am like a little bit down in the dumps, and I don't know why. That's what's making. <laughs> I me... I was gonna
1: ask you about that because I just saw your tweet complaining yeah. about being in a terrible mood.
0: Yeah, I, I tweeted, "Could I be in a worse mood?" Parentheses Chandler in a bad mood, but also me. I'm in a bad mood. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I and I think part of what is is making it worse as I don't, I, I like to know why I feel a certain way. And this one is just like, it just some sort of holiday depression just sat on my face earlier. And like, not in the fun way. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting phrasing, but okay. <laughs> not in the fun way, in a bad way. I don't know. You know, there's little things I can point to little petty, stupid things that like bothered me. But I feel like those are the kind of things that wouldn't bother me if I weren't already set up To feel like I'm getting teabagged by the holidays. (laughs) Um, I don't know. You know what? Here's some TMI. Who am I kidding? This is regular I for me. Um, I'll probably like get my period in the next couple days and be like, oh, that's why I was in that that sort of bad mood. Anyway, how are you doing, Tony? And then we're bringing in the guest.
1: Uh, I'm doing all right. Nothing... uh... Well, I was gonna say nothing too exciting, but I got did the live stream show with don't stop oh, with yeah. last night and that was a good time. nice, it was fun to play some music with those ridiculous men. Paul had me giggling real hard at one point, and then I think he saw me laughing, which then got him going and he was like he was very excited that he got me going so hard. <laughs> um and yeah that's uh <laughs> it's not much of a story, but that's the that's the standout moment from the show last night for me
0: was that while you were playing that you were, were cracking up? or yes. in between yeah, oh wow because
1: it's uh, one of the songs where he's not playing bass and he then busts out his sweet dance moves for those <laughs> and that's what and they get me every time
0: nice yeah, um, yeah I love those guys Paul Rust and Michael Cassidy they You're are the hilarious we got to get them back on the show and also I love uh, all of their music Don't Stop or We'll Die it's a good time working in the plugs even though these aren't even plugs for me what am I doing <laughs> uh, um, I'm too generous that's what they always say about me Tony <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm sick of hearing it. Frankly. I
0: know. She's selfless. She's generous. <laughs> she's, she's never mean. talks about herself. Never. Ta- <laughs> oh, my God. I just turn it. People ask me about me and I just turn it right back on them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's you're, frustrating. you Dave Tooney.
0: <laughs> okay. So. The woman we are introducing momentarily is someone who has been on the show before, but never on a Monday show. And whenever she comes on Thursday shows, I'm always like, I need to peel back the layers. I need to find out more about her. Please welcome. She is a writer. She is a podcast host. She is a theme park enthusiast. I feel like enthusiast is not strong enough. Uh, She's written for all the fancy schmancy places. (laughs) Your travel and leisures, your vanity fairs, your GQs, your New York Times magazine, maybe just New York Times. I'm not sure, but it doesn't matter. They're both high up there in terms of prestige. Uh, And she hosts a podcast called Very Amusing. Please put your hands together. I almost said cans. Put your cans and your hands together
2: (laughs) for Carly Weissel. Hello. Hello. Oh, welcome! Wow, what a round of applause. It was so much heartier than I was expecting. Yeah, I know.
0: You're not aware of the live audience. We spring it on you.
2: I know. It's fun, though, to see all, all 200 of them in this Zoom just smiling back. It's perfect. I know. Don't worry. They are all vaxxed. They're
0: vaxxed. <laughs> they're masked. All of it. So, hello. How are you doing?
2: I'm good. Um, I, too, have been dealing with a why am I in a garbage mood situation. Oh, good. I'm blaming the sunlight. Because yeah. it should not be dark in Los Angeles at 4.30. Right. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. It's, it just makes no sense. I know.
0: That's that's very similar to... Bubble in my throat. Very similar to me blaming the holidays. Like, it's somehow environmental. Oh, yeah. It couldn't be me. <laughs> it, certainly, <laughs> it certainly could not be me. Um, okay. So let's just start with something that came up recently on social media, Uh, so you were a, like, traditional journalist for years before you honed in on doing, on covering theme parks, right?
2: Yeah, I was kind of oscillating between working in the music industry and being, like, a young reporter. So at that time, it was like, write sponsored content for anthropology. It was like a lot of kind of hovering between those two Mm -hmm. worlds. But then I went full hog, just doing as much reporting as I could and switched between a bunch of different beats. And I got bored very easily until I came across this one. And I've now been doing it for seven years, I think. So one of your I don't know if you call it a beat
0: or not, but you posted a photo of yourself. You have very fun. You have a very fun and funky sense (laughs) of style. But you're like, can you believe this idiot once wrote Copy, you know, about other people's fashion choices for this magazine. Um, I'm, I'm not doing your caption justice.
2: But no, and now I'm trying to think of what embarrassing outfit it was. It really
0: wasn't embarrassing.
2: I oh, it think might it have been colorful. one of the many Seinfeld shirts I know <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> but I
0: responded. I was like, "Oh my god, I did that too for a different magazine." Are we talking about the same thing? Where you would receive pictures of people, and then you're just supposed to like write jokes about them?
2: Yes, I did. Us Weekly Fashion Police. I
0: did Life and Style, whatever it's called, and I oh my, my god, comment the same thing. Yeah, and.
2: I think my comment was like, it didn't make me feel good about myself. No, No, it makes you feel really bad. I felt horrible. And there was this one time when I got a photo and I believe it was of Whitney Port. Mm -hmm. And she was wearing an outfit that I almost (laughs) bought for my rehearsal dinner. And I was like, uh, I should not be doing this. Like, this is hitting too close to home. And I felt horrible every time. Because what if, what if they read it and and it was a new one?
0: I know. And so the way it would work for Life and Style... You would sort of like there was like a stable of people who would who would submit every yep. week and you didn't always get your uh, malevolent jokes in only sometimes. That's how it was for you guys, too.
2: Yeah, they would. I think they would edit them a bit. I think they would sometimes shorten them if they had to. Mm-hmm. But you just sent a bunch in and hope for the best. And it also wasn't paid. Right. No,
0: but you'd get your picture in there and like a little...
2: I did it because my grandma would check in the checkout line anytime she went grocery shopping and she'd be delighted to see me in there and would like tell everyone in the grocery store. So that was payment enough for me. But now that I'm older, (laughs) I'd be like, I'm not writing you free jokes. Get out of here. Right. There was so much of that back then. I
0: also... I, I don't know how it was for you. I felt like I went to the... Wait, if you go to the well over and over again... Does that mean you're, do? I felt like it. I was basically submitting similar, not hilarious jokes every time. Like if it was an entire outfit of blue, something about blueberries is, is what I'm turning in. Yeah. You know, like I just felt like I'm doing the same joke repeatedly.
2: Oh yeah. It was very formulaic. It was not, it was not fun, but I, I really, I mean, it was just a weird thing that I didn't want to give up because it was, whoever thought, you know, you'd end up in the back right. of an Us Weekly, just making fun of famous people, but yeah. alas. Um, how did you, how, what was your
0: dismount from it? Because for me, I think the editor changed, uh, and I, I could have sent, no, I made it through one editorial shift. I don't know. At some point they stopped, they stopped reaching out to me and I didn't pursue them.
2: I can't remember how I phased out of it, but it, I guess it is kind of telling that I was like, goodbye. And you were like, who are you? <laughs> like, uh, you've been on this list this whole time. Uh, oh boy. <laughs> right.
0: Um, another, this is totally unrelated, but because I'm a little bit in the doldrums, now I'm just going to overshare shit that's in my head. Um, but I'm wondering if you relate to this at all. So one time there was another thing that was like that, where you could submit jokes and then if they liked you, you could keep submitting jokes. And I remember I submitted jokes and I tried to do them very much in the style of what they already ran with. And I expected I would probably hear nothing. Or maybe hear something. I don't know. I got a rejection in like two and a half minutes. It was almost like it was almost like one of those like emails that bounces back. (laughs) Like I've (laughs) never, I've never bombed so hard over email so fast. And I was just thinking about it recently, and I was thinking, I wish that instead of trying to ape their style, I had had the um, sense of self enough to be like, what do? I'm going to do my own – what I think is funny because that's what they're looking for. They're looking for new stuff. They already have enough of their own stuff. And I feel like on – at this point in my life, I was kind of like beginning to audition, I think, as well. And there's just been a lot of areas of my life where – if I feel insecure, well, I'm sorry, I'm going to, I'll send, just invoice me after for this.
2: <laughs> if I feel insecure, well, I- if I provide any help? Because I don't know if I will.
0: Oh, I will. well, I guess we'll see. <laughs> I'll pay you anyway for, for the dumping. Um, I think that if I have felt insecure in different areas of my life, I will try to be what I think they want, as opposed to just going in there and being my unique self, which is really kind of like everyone's strength in this world.
2: I agree, but also on the other hand, like part of mastering a skill like writing is being able to write in the style of voice that they need. That's true.
0: So That's instead true.
2: of you know instead of internalizing it as you should have been doing something else, maybe you were just doing too good of a job.
0: Thank you. Okay, you can invoice me now. So <laughs> back to you. Um, well, the 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 now of what you're doing, being like a full time working theme park journalist, is so cool. And I want to get into that. But let's just let's just go back to the beginning, because I don't know your story, where you're from, what your childhood was like, all of it.
2: Fill um, us in. I grew up in Chicago. Uh, I also feel like I need to bookend this by saying that I just got back from seeing the Mobile like 10 <laughs> minutes ago, <laughs> which I feel like shapes the this thing. I got a whistle. That's the eye. I just keep seeing it. <laughs> wow so yeah,
0: youtube.com were... slash Allison rosen there is a now it's interesting you're holding up a tiny wiener on it looks like on a skateboard that is the mobile, yeah, yes that's
2: the car like they have this i can i swear in here i don't remember oh, fuck yes yeah they have this whole ass car that looks like a hot dog that they just drive around the country they have six of them and i like That is Chicago in a nutshell, is being enamored <laughs> by a gigantic hot dog with wheels. Um, and, and this wasn't just like like if I were out and I saw a
0: Wienermobile. I get the sense that this was a press no, event I, that you attended. You, you were going there for the dog.
2: Oh, it wasn't a press. It was... Okay, so again, I guess this will back end into <laughs> me being a Midwesterner. But I randomly earlier this week just woke up and was like... I wish I would have been a hot dogger, just like (laughs) regretting that I never drove the hot dog. And I looked them up and they were in L.A. three days later. So I uh, shifted my entire work schedule around so I could go drive (laughs) to go see a big dog. Um, That is, I guess, that is the essence of me growing up in the Midwest.
0: Question. I can't imagine I'm the only one who's wondering it. You use the phrase a hot dogger.
2: What oh, is that? that is their official job title. Uh, oh, I God. wanted to be one. I wanted to be one of them, and i i never I never did it because it's a year. It's a year long commitment. Mm-hmm. And out of college, I moved to New York to do to work at a record label. But I mean, I wonder how my life would have been different if I was a hot dogger instead. Well, you know, the multiverse theory
0: is that string theory. I don't know quantum physics. One of those in some universe, you are a hot dogger.
2: Yeah. I mean, there's a version of me out there just yeah. just riding a dog down the highway, what just does, living my
0: life. What do you, yeah, not not answering to the man with his boot on your neck like you are right now, writing about Disney World. <laughs> if if what do hot doggers do? They drive the Wienermobile. Is that it? Does it just? Inv- is it just like a? Are you a long haul trucker for promotion?
2: It's kind of like you're a young marketing executive who mm. happens to live in a themed vehicle. I mean, they <laughs> they stay in a hotel throughout the week. I obviously like, I'm such a reporter. Yeah. I talked to the, the guy who was there for 40 minutes just asking every question. Yeah. So they switch hotels once a week. They, their big drive day is on Monday. So on Monday, they'll do a big drive and then they'll do a bunch of site visits throughout that week at grocery stores. I think they sometimes go to like birthday parties. Wow. I think you can request them, but there are two people per hot dog. <laughs> so you, which I didn't know, you are basically locked in a plexiglass hot dog for six months with a stranger. Wow. And, like, hope you like each other. Cause if you don't, it's going to be a rough road.
0: This has got. Are they going to do a reality show about this? They should. That's,
2: that's what I thought, and I think that nobody wants them to see what happens in the hot dog because oh, apparently when things um, stop being polite, I mean, start getting real. yada yada yada. A lot of them got married. Ooh. I was totally wondering how much boning <laughs> happens in that oh, big dog. Absolutely, asked. Um, <laughs> the person said that like a lot of them get married, like a lot of them end up dating. I think some from the last year are still together, but wow. Yes. They, That's a real Are show. they literally
1: driving the actual Wienermobile places? Or is it like yes. a thing where it like goes in a trailer and it's. No, closed?
2: they're driving it everywhere to the point where. And great question, Tony. I asked <laughs> them what if you have to stop for lunch? Like, do you get. Is it hard to run errands because you're constantly talking to people? And they're like, yeah, we usually have to be like, oh, uh, why don't you walk with me and talk? And we'll talk about the vehicle because they like have to go get lunch and then get back in the hot dog and drive. Are they there? can't do anything. It's like they're a celebrity.
0: Are there so multiple Wienermobiles or?
2: There are six of them. And there are two hot doggers per hot dog, Wow, which means there are 12 of them.
0: And and you just one day woke up regretting that you hadn't done this with your life.
2: yes. I don't like, I don't know what stars aligned to like, bring me to see the Wienermobile today. But I, yeah, my one life regret, I guess was not being a hot dogger. And then I, now that I know you're only with one other person, I thought it was a real, like a road rules situation, yeah. but it's, it's not, it is like, you are just stuck in there with someone else, which I, um, you know, after surviving quarantine times, no, thank you. Have you seen book of Mormon?
0: I haven't. Oh, it's so good. Um, it's so good. I- I, I mean, people who listen to my show regularly know Jenna and Al who are Mormon. And I think I have to say, I, I think, I think if you're actually Mormon, you do not appreciate that musical. However, I'm not. And I did. Um, but they go on these um, missions and you're just paired up with a, a random person who also is a Mormon. And then you go to another country and then it's just the two of you out there. So it's similar. This, you're a hot, this is a hot dog mission.
2: Whoa, it is a hot dog mission. Yeah. You're just passing out whistles, just <laughs> telling people about, um, the good Lord Oscar Mayer, I guess. <laughs>
0: are you, that's right. Now, are you more inclined to eat Oscar Mayer foods after your, your FaceTime with these hot doggers?
2: No, because gonna bring in whole cir- full oh, circle. Uh, I'm more inclined to eat a Chicago style hot dog. So I will, I mostly only want a hot dog if it has all the stuff. And if it's whatever, what is it? Um, I'm blanking on the brand name of it, but like the the good Chicago hot dog brand that I will be razzed for not remembering. Um, Tony, do you know?
1: I bl- I literally I was just there and had one, and I was it, the, it red, the sausage
0: the sausage can red? from Ferris Bueller?
2: Red hot? I don't know. I usually go to Portillo's. Oh, to is get it a hot dog? Wait, so what's that's Frank's, Frank's exactly Red Hot? Where I went. Yeah, I think that one. No, that's that's the a sauce. hot sauce. I think. Yeah,
1: that's a hang on, let me.
2: I have that quarantine brain where I can't recall information because there's been oh, yeah. a laptop in my hand for 19 months now. <laughs> yes, Vienna. Vienna. Yeah, Vienna. Oh, that's it.
0: Tony, I think you got to play the Snapchat snack chat drop. Snack Chats. Thank you. I,
2: I feel like I just unlocked a new <laughs> level. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: speaking of having a laptop in your hand at all times, I. Close, I took a little snoo- I call it a snoozeroo because every time I say that my son giggles. I took a little snoozeroo earlier and I closed my eyes and with my eyes closed in nap position I was still scrolling switching between apps scrolling. <laughs> I'm like, "Oh no." <laughs> it's just it's 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 in my consciousness and my subconscious. So anyway, okay. So back to you. You wish you were eating a sh- yes. you grew up in Chicago. Do you have siblings? What yes, your parents I like? have
2: one brother who just moved to L.A., which is very oh, exciting. Nice. Um, he is a transplant surgeon. So uh, that explains me, I think, because <laughs> I just had whatever genes were left over. They were like, makers theme parks. Like, there's just <laughs> nothing there. Um, and my parents still live in Chicago. They're great. I just saw them last week. It was a blast. They came to meet me in Florida at Disney World. Um, and I went to University of Illinois for journalism. Mm-hmm. I had a blast. It was a great time. And I moved to New York immediately after that and was kind of like, okay, if I get a journalism job or if I get a job in the music biz, whatever comes first, I'll follow that path. And I got a job at a record label first. So I did that for a few years. I was Epic Records. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was interesting because it makes me sound like I'm 400 years old. But we were part of the first digital marketing team because that didn't exist then. No. No, back then it was like you had a street team. Yeah, there was nobody doing anything on the internet. And so we were like, the kids they hired to figure (laughs) it out. Um, And that began my long career of not knowing how, yet still being tasked with writing everyone's email newsletters. Everyone's. (laughs) Like, if you had a Ozzy Osbourne email in like 2010, 2011, it was me sitting in the office trying to wait late enough so I could expense dinner, being like, "I don't know how to do it," <laughs> just so confused. What
0: um, what bands did you work?
2: I so I I updated everyone's website. I updated their MySpaces.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> like I didn't think of myself as being old, but I guess I am. Um, I tried to get artists on Twitter because nobody was on Twitter mm. yet. And I did their emails. I did um Ozzy Osbourne, Jennifer Lopez, Sarah Bareilles, um Incubus, I think. Were they on our label? I Do think you think Incubus? So. Yeah. I'm sorry. I think because I remember he <laughs> toured The Office once and all the ladies were like, oh, my God, a handsome man. Oh, Sean um, Kingston. Um. Oh, God. The Script. This random band called Videra that I don't think anyone knows. Who else? It was just like, just random, random, random. Mm -hmm. Neat. And that was, that was right when you moved to New York. Yeah. And I did that for a few years and then got out of there and went to Vivo.
0: Vivo. 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 The 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 thing that makes
2: fun of. Like, oh, why are all music videos on Vivo? I worked there.
0: (laughs) Wait, can we go back for a second? So were you
2: super into music? I was into working in that world. How come? At the time, I was kind of like a music editor at the college paper. Um, I was really into it, but I more so wanted to work behind the scenes than just review albums mm-hmm. for the rest of my life.
0: What appealed to you about that, though?
2: I don't know, because at this age, I'm like, I'm not standing for an hour and a half. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, no, thank you. Um, But I, I don't know. I just really, I really liked being a part of it. Uh, when I was in college, we had this thing called Star Course, where we would basically take student funds and pay for bands to, come visit and we would book it like at one point I ran security which is hilarious like we just was a student run operation so we would basically just pretend we were small adults putting on a show and I really enjoyed it I really enjoyed like the way things worked from like top to bottom Mm -hmm. when it comes to live music so I, I just loved music at the time and really wanted to be more involved in it who were the who were the bands that you liked back then um, uh, this is usually where people will stop listening, but um, <laughs> my favorite band is Fish. I knew you
0: were going to say Fish, and you know why? Because it's come up on the show before. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. Now it's, now it's like, coming back to me. It's a point where, like, the milk sours a bit, depending on who you're with. <laughs> um, I was told at my first job interview at the record label I worked at by my wonderful uh, future boss, Doug, he asked me my favorite band and I said Fish and he said never say that again. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I still love them. It's Them and Spoon. It's been like those two for a million years.
0: Now I'm remembering you po- you went to the recent Fish shows, right? Of
2: course. Yes. Yeah. And I
0: remember I remember being very interested in you posting about it cuz you I think you were talking about how you felt safe there, right?
2: Yeah, cuz it especially because I went to the forum and so it basically is a arena which I was freaked out to be indoors. Yeah. Uh, But the arena is surrounded by like an outside patio walkway type of thing, Mm -hmm. so there was a way to get out at any point. And then during set break, because you know they play two sets, uh, I was able to like walk around outside and it was fine. But it it was it was great. I did two shows. I did.
1: You you said you don't want to stand for an hour and a half, but yet you go to fish shows.
2: Oh my! The bones in my feet were killing me, (laughs) but it was worth it because it was wonderful. It was a great show. Did
0: you used to go to South by Southwest?
2: I did. When I started at the record label, I used to have a music blog and I went for that and I actually threw a showcase once. Ooh. Yeah, and now that I'm looking back on it, I'm like I very easily could have gotten sued. I just like partnered with some random venue and we were like, "Yep, let's have a party." Mm-hmm. And then one of the artists backed out at the last minute and then someone else filled in. It was it was wild, but it was what, I, it was packed. What, so it was fun. Sued for what? just like running a, a like a basement event oh no, it was like no, no not permitted like yeah Got it, it was kind of chaos but you
0: have but. your background in security
2: yeah oh yeah by many years <laughs> of being like hey, excuse me you can't come back here <laughs> <laughs> um i so i
0: again our stories maybe i'm you in the multiverse except that somehow oh. we've come together um i also i wrote about music for years oh. so i also uh like walked in walked in that world is not a phrase anyone says but i also had a lot of spent a lot had a lot of, of experiences in the music industry world and went to this was a, a bit before you um i don't mean that in a competitive way i mean that in an i'm old way uh no. <laughs> and i was in new york as well um and so i my beat i would like toggle back and forth between covering music and then that would begin to feel formulaic and so then I would like go to features and then I would go back to me and I would go back and forth and back and forth and then now I do very little of it at all but that's a whole separate story so anyway no
2: I get it though because I even though I only did it I only really wrote about music for other people in college I had my own website after that but in college I was kind of like why would I tell you about an album go listen to it like it just seemed. yeah I I remember the
0: first time I wrote it was like, okay, give me 500 words on this album, which is longer than a review. Like, it wasn't a review. It was a story about an album, but without um, an interview. And I remember that felt weird. Like, I only – because I didn't go to journalism school. I was kind of self-taught. And and lately, in the same way you have been wondering what your life would have been like had you been a hot dogger, I have been thinking, what if I had gone to journalism school? Like, what if I had actually been trained? How different – how would my life have, have – shaken shook out shaked how would it be different if i had done that um but in my mind it was like i don't what what is this thing this sort of what am i writing if i'm writing a feature about an album but without an interview and now i see you know you see it all the time but it struck me as like what
2: yeah well you clearly know how to ask questions so you're basically fine i mean i i went to college for this and they taught me how to lay out a newspaper so oh, yeah. money well spent. Um, it's like not necessary as long because basically all journalism is, is like, are you lying? And can I ask you a question? That's essentially Did they all.
0: teach you structure at all, though? I was recently talking to another friend who has like a similar story with me. And, and now he works in a totally different field. And he was saying that when it came to writing 2000 word pieces, that's where he felt like he he hadn't been taught the structure of a story like that. And, and he was frustrated by that.
2: We had one magazine-style writing class, but, I mean, that was only one semester. Um, I, I more so benefited from the hard news mm-hmm. classes where they taught you how to write an obituary and, like, taught you how to go to a meeting and cover it. And it was the type of stuff that I would have never done on my own that kind of – it was nice to have in my back pocket for if anything I I did popped up like that. Like, now I, now I cover – like the Walt Disney Company shareholder meetings like things like that so it was nice to have that experience but I still think plenty of writers haven't gone yeah. to journalism school and
0: it's it's been fine
2: but do, I had a I had a great experience
0: Do you watch Succession?
2: I do now. I'm a third season Succession person. So you're current. Um I've only vaguely seen the first two seasons but Current enough.
0: How does a Walt Disney shareholders meeting compare to a Waystar Royco shareholders meeting?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's definitely no one thinking there's what a a rabbit under their chair, (laughs) a a cat, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Um, It all that stuff. I mean, there's not as much drama, I don't think, because things are going pretty well. Mm -hmm. So it's more so the Q and a session is where things get real interesting because the prepared statements like, I mean, I don't listen to financial stuff too much. I let other people analyze that. And now it's very much rooted in streaming, which is outside my world. I'm very focused on just theme parks, but um, sometimes people ask questions and you'll get like an interesting answer. And it, it, that's where the fun is, but that's not my favorite thing to report on. I like to report on new rides experiences, like things that are coming out that people mm-hmm. are excited about. Wait, when, the most when you say an interesting answer, what do you mean? Like something revelatory? Sometimes, like, they, th- the Walt Disney Company doesn't like to release data on park attendance, And it's one of those things that for years, I mean, for years, years like I've been getting editors being like, tell me how many people are in the park. And I'm like, I can't. Like, I literally can't. And then I've, in the past two years, they started kind of dropping it in the Q&A. And you're like, wait, what? Mm. And then sometimes, like, because nothing is prepared, they'll say something that is a little curious or like a little not off color, but just not expected. Mm-hmm. So but that's I mean, it's like as much as many jollies as you can get from a corporate. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so you were you were you were doing uh, figuring out the internet for Epic Records. Yeah. And then you went to Vivo. And yes. then
2: and then what? Um, I went to Vivo. I was there for probably a year and a half, two years. I was doing editorial, which is funny because it's a video website. Uh, but I was doing all any text on their homepage, Mm -hmm. any newsletter, any social media. I was doing that. I was doing social media stuff before that was a job. Mm -hmm. It was just kind of lumped in with editorial. And then they'd be like, do you have eight years social media experience? And I'd be like, no, this hasn't been around. <laughs> so uh, it's going to be fine. So I did all that. Um, and then when I was there, I was kind of like, I think I got to I think I got to get back into freelancing. I think I got to be writing. And it just at least give it a shot. So I started freelancing. Why? Um, I just missed it because I mm-hmm. I had kind of fulfilled that part of it, and at that point I'd already um I met my husband at Epic Records, so one of us was already doing it. It <laughs> kind of like like I had access to that world, yeah. and I didn't have to deal with any of the nonsense, so it was pretty perfect. Um, so from there I started just writing branded garbage. Really, I wrote like a bunch, just in, you know, internet stories, mm-hmm. like internet stories about the Olympics for Refinery Twenty Nine, and is that branded? branded Was that branded? Um, The Olympics might have been part of a package. I'm Mm -hmm. not sure. But like that, I would write branded copy for whoever had it. I just was freelancing about whatever. Anything that was vaguely like, for women, I would be doing. (laughs) Uh, And I did that for years, really. I just went in and out of covering fashion or food or fitness, just whatever I was interested in at the moment until this. Would you pitch your stories or did they assign you stuff? I would get assigned branded stuff. For a while, I was... It was kind of like, oh, she likes to do branded copy, send it to her. Because mm-hmm. I genuinely did. I do love it. Like I like writing my own ads for my podcast. Are you the same way where you like you're like, I want to write my own copy? Um, I
0: uh I don't I I freestyle on it a bit, but I don't actually oh, write it out.
2: Do you? Oh, I, I script everything. Because okay, even yeah. if I don't look at it, I need to have thought through it. Yeah. Especially because my, um, my, I gear my podcast to be family friendly, Mm -hmm. even though I personally in real life am not. (laughs) Are
0: you afraid an F bomb will slip out?
2: Yeah. And then it's like, oh, it's like the, it's like extra work for Jeff and it's a whole thing. You know, Jeff. Of course. Yes. Old, uh, pre Tony Jeff. Yeah. Tony version (laughs) one. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, so I tried to make his life as easy as possible because he's dealing with me and it's not. Um, but, but yeah. It, I like to write everything out. I'm very specific about it, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to think of all the other crap I was talking about. Um, you,
0: I, I was asking, what? Oh no, you were talking about you like to do branded copy.
2: Yeah, I just, I, I don't know why I love it. I guess another metaverse me is somewhere, Don just Drapering. Writing, yeah, writing ad copy and yelling at people for, on a rotary phone, but. <laughs> but yeah I so the I mean as the story goes I was getting married and I had a February timed bachelorette party and I usually would have gone to Wisconsin Dells but there wasn't like quite enough for a group of 12 women to do you can get like a good weekend there but I like it didn't have like enough bachelorette punch what's Wisconsin Dells oh great question (laughs) so Wisconsin Dells Tony do you know
1: I know of it. I've I've seen the sign off the highway a million times, but and I've never it been didn't to. didn't pull off? <laughs> well, had chose to get to.
2: <laughs> oh god, it's basically Vegas for children. Um like the water park capital of the world. They have go-karts and uh, indoor water parks and outdoor water parks and roller coasters and uh, like anything you could ever dream mm-hmm. of as a child. And then in winter, they have a bunch of indoor water parks and a bunch of like places you can stay and go to them. But uh it's my favorite place in the world. But I just didn't really want to... I didn't want to stay like cooped up for the whole trip. So I yeah. wound up at Disney World. <laughs> and the rest is history. And you
0: fell in love with it.
2: I, I would say mark. less fell in love with it. More was like, what is this? Like, uh, what is happening here? How, like, what is this whole subculture that I was not privy to? Because at that point, I was someone who knew of people who were Disney fans. Like, I always joke that they're... There's someone in everyone's office who has the mug, who has like a a Disney mug. There's always one. And I didn't know anything about these people because I I was living in New York. I was working in music. There weren't a lot of Disney people. Mm -hmm. And so like being exposed to this new world, I was so curious about it. And I just kind of started reporting on it and reporting on it. And because Disney World is like oxygen in America, there's just never there's endless, endless stuff to report on from every angle possible.
0: Would you say your interest in being a theme park journalist, is it, uh, and it may not not be either or like this, but is it driven by your love of theme parks or by your journalistic curiosity about it?
2: I'd say both because I didn't realize until I was a few years into it that it kind of combined everything I loved. Like when I was a kid, my parents would take me to, to bowls games When like Michael Jordan was playing and I would be more interested in the nachos. Like I was not concerned with anything else. And everything has kind of led up to that. We're like, Mm -hmm. I really loved state fairs, but didn't really know what to do with that. And everything came together in this weird way where I could enjoy myself and have fun as an adult, which Mm -hmm. I think Disney really provides in a way no one else does. There's no other scenario, unless I'm at a sporting game or at a concert where I can just openly show joy as an adult, there's no way to ever do it. Mm-hmm. And like this week, I got to go see the Muppets perform live in the middle of Disneyland. And that was thrilling to me. And that's something that like being in this sphere has provided me that otherwise I would just be moping around. <laughs>
0: um, have you always been someone who is able to access and to feel joy?
2: E- yes, but I would say I haven't always had it so available to me until this. Mm-hmm. Because before, like, when I lived in New York, I, I took some bus to go to the Jersey State Fair, and I thought it was incredible, and it was wonderful. But there aren't a lot of whimsical things like that in everyday life. Like, I, it's just all, like, $6 lattes. There's nothing, there's nowhere else to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so... Finding this place where you could just do a bunch of stuff just for the sake of fun was very like brain melting for me. It's pretty interesting. You,
0: I mean, I feel like the music industry—that is where cool people go. So you are a cool music industry person, and then you're, and you're a New York journalist buying, I guess, six dollar lattes, and you're writing for you were doing gawk, a lot of Gawker media stuff, right?
2: No, I I aspired to do Gawker oh. stuff, but it kind of the timing didn't line up. Okay, it was like once I had started writing again, it wasn't the same. But you
0: were still writing for for sites that had a certain cachet. I would say that. Oh, thank you. I think like I think of, so. I guess what I'm trying to say is, were you a hipster? Did you ever feel like a hipster? And then was it this weird like hard right? Or hard left. I don't know which direction you go when you're going hard. Turn into this like childlike world.
2: I think from the outside, it probably was. I definitely think that I moved to L.A. at some point during this. Mm -hmm. So I didn't I wasn't physically in New York too much while I was doing this. I think maybe the first year or two but I'm sure there are people who on the outside who are looking at me thinking I've lost my mind, like thinking (laughs) I've just fully gone into the deep end because I used to, you know, I've used to be like Mercury lounge twice a week. And now I'm like, got to get back to Disneyland to get a holiday treat. Like it's just very different. Um, But I think that like, I really, I really squeezed all the juice out of my music experience Mm -hmm. that I could hope for. Like I did it until it wasn't exciting anymore. And then i kept trying to find new things that were exciting. So I'm, I'm happy to be on this end of it, mostly because I don't want to deal with TikTok, but also because it's, it's just, it's more fun. It's like a more fun lifestyle and it's, it's harder. It's covering the biggest media company in the entire world as a journalist is much harder than like, you know, writing tweets for JLo, but still like <laughs> it's, it, I like it so much better.
0: What did your husband think when you made the switch?
2: Um, So it was very gradual, because he actually suggested Disney World, so it's all his fault. Uh, (laughs) But I came back and was kind of like, I kind of want to know more. And so I basically spent a year reading a lot, learning a lot, writing more like historical stories about the park, just amassing knowledge. Because the thing about Disney fans is that they're all experts, you cannot bullshit your way in that world. Like everyone knows everything and they will call you out on it. So it took a while for me to kind of catch up to speed. Mm -hmm. And then once I did, it was just, it was fun. And there is something about, Cause I was in New York for maybe six or seven years before we moved to LA. And there's a, you know, a point when like carrying your groceries home, you get very disillusioned by it. It's just the joy of like, ooh, taking the L is not fun anymore. (laughs) Uh, like I never need to carry groceries from Trader Joe's on 14th street all the way to Bushwick ever again. But it like something about leaving the weight of New York and mm-hmm. going to report a story in Florida where like everyone who works there is nice to you and says hi. And there's like this good vibe. and You can just enjoy yourself and go do things that bring you joy. Like it was a, a very weird juxtaposition. And I found myself loving that more than what I called home.
0: Mm-hmm. When you finally left, like, do you think you'll ever go back to New York?
2: Um, our family is still there. So we're we're back all the time. Now, I mean, New York has changed. So much Mm -hmm. that now it's just a bunch of Dwayne Reeds on a corner. Like, there's no, there's really no like independent small restaurants anymore. Everything is funded by uh, like a huge company. It's just, it's not the same. Mm -hmm. And I, I lived in Brooklyn when like Brooklyn started to become a place. See, because you're a hipster, and I don't mean that. I don't, I don't want to (laughs) call. Jesus words, I was more like poor. <laughs> it was like I a tomato tomato. It. <laughs> I mean, they sometimes they go hand in hand. Um, but like I lived that life, and I'm kind of like I like I did it. It was good. I'm I'm moving. I'm moving on. It's mm-hmm. just way more fun to do this than to like try to go somewhere and stand around and pretend to look cool.
0: Right. Everything you're talking about. Um, I'm just thinking they're all precious memories. And uh you probably have a ton of wonderful photos from those times that you would like to share with family and friends who might not be right where you are. And that is where the perfect gift comes in. Skylight Frame. I don't know if you're familiar with Skylight Frame. I
2: bought one of these.
0: They're so great, right? Yeah. Uh Before they were even a sponsor... Daniel said to me, I know what we should get the grandmas this year. And he showed me, he's like, it's a super nice high end digital photo frame. You can email photos to the frame. And so uh, the end, and neither of our, my, neither my mom nor his mom are particularly tech savvy. But my mom had that thing up and running in minutes. And whenever we go down, actually, my kids love to play. And so so a two and four-year-old and my mom can get that thing set up and, and work it well. And you, they like to swipe through and they like to heart different photos. Um, it's And now we have one as well. And I love looking at it. Uh, it's just a really great. Buy it for yourself. Buy it for someone you love. It's just a really great way to stay connected. Uh, And now, as a special offer, you can get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com and enter code Allison. That's right. To get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame, just go to skylightframe.com and enter code Allison. That's skylightframe, S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E.com promo code. Allison, I also want to tell you guys about ring. Uh, when we first moved into this house, Daniel wanted to get an alarm system. And we started looking into the different alarm systems. And these are ones where they have to come out and get it set up. And then somehow it feels like you're in business. Biz- you're, you're, now you're just in a relationship with them. That was my fear. I know that that sounds weird. But that's how I felt like I don't this seems to it seems like too much. I don't know. I don't I don't like this. That's what I said. And then – and I've told this story before, but it is now um, – it's, it's a legend. So I must tell it again. I was getting my hair straightened. The guy who straightens my hair is the consummate consumer. He researches everything before he buys it. If you don't have a friend like this or a person who does your hair like this, get one because it saves – you. it really saves you. This is really more of like a read for him. Um, it saves you so much time because – I was talking to him about alarm systems and he told me he had just gotten a ring alarm and I didn't know that they offered an alarm at the time. I had a ring doorbell, of course. I can't imagine life without the ring doorbell, but I didn't know they had an alarm as well. He's like, oh, yeah, I just bought it. And I set it up and I said, was it easy to set up? And he said, yes. I came home, told Daniel. We went out. We got it. Daniel had that thing up and running so quickly and we never looked back. And it's so... I can't imagine not having it. It's so great. We took a vacation shortly after that and just had total peace of mind knowing that we could see our house from far away. We were able to monitor it when it was going on. Um, you don't need to have other ring products, but if you do, it works seamlessly with them recommend it highly this holiday season deck the halls walls doors and windows with the best deals of the year on the award-winning ring alarm go to ring.com forward slash best friend to get a great deal on a ring alarm security kit today that's ring.com forward slash best friend again ring.com forward slash best friend all right and we're back and i'm trying to remember what we were talking about I mean, I know roughly.
2: I was just, I was just mesmerized by the ring copy. I, (laughs) I don't remember anything. I know.
0: I mean, I felt a lot of pressure. You saying that you do your own copy, and then I'm like, uh oh, she's gonna watch me. No, you did great.
2: Thank you. And I was kind of like, yeah, we had to have some ADT man over, and I'd much rather have just shoved something in the wall.
0: How much of a like whole thing was it? It was
2: a whole that is thing.
0: I took a poll on Instagram. That's that's me doing my own research. No, and that is, uh, it's legit. You're yeah, I. That's what a lot of people said. Like, it's a whole thing. And then if you want to cancel, it's another whole oh, thing. It's a
2: whole thing if you want to yeah. cancel. And a lot of if putting something censors and, like, right. they didn't
0: work and then someone had to come back. Was, exactly. Ugh. And if something goes wrong, then it's another whole thing. It's hard to. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway, you should have gone to my hair guy. He would have set you straight.
2: I know. Look, that's what I get for not putting effort in.
0: What is your favorite? What makes you love theme parks?
2: I think that it's because a whole corner of society I had no idea about, and it's people who just truly like you, they are able to exude joy publicly and it's totally cool. And for me, as someone who hates sports, like across the board hates all of them, there's not really a lot of opportunities to cheer at a parade or to like <laughs> wave at people. Like there's just not a lot of ways to do that, to like act, to like uh channel childhood level joy on the regular. And so that's been the greatest part of discovering all of this is that I'm able to just have so much fun with it. But I also love a ride. I love <laughs> a ride, man. Like, why, why aren't there more rides? There should just be rides everywhere. Like, it, it's the best. It's the best to, like, go on something and have your world shook up a bit. Yeah. It's great. What is your favorite ride? Uh, my favorite ride is Space Mountain um, at Disney World, which is a controversial opinion. People prefer the Disneyland one. But I, the one at Disney World, it's so rickety. It, like you feel like you're gonna fly out, and even mm. though you know it's an old ride, it still does the trick. It's pitch black; you can't see anything. It's just still fun, and I love that it's classic, but it holds up after all these years. And the
0: ricketiness is what makes you prefer it.
2: Yeah, <laughs> the thrill. I mean, you're at Disney; you're like, not, like nothing bad is gonna happen, right. but.
0: Are you a Six so Flags person or whatever? No, the, God, okay.
2: no. No, no, no. There was a moment when I was like, do I want to expand <laughs> into the amusement park section of coverage? And I learned very quickly that I white out on coasters. What does that like, mean? It means you don't faint, but you get like real dizzy and like oh. things start to fade. And while I you're on the about, coaster. Yeah. Like if I do, it depends what the coaster is. I think it has to do with having low, low blood pressure. Mm-hmm. But on bigger coasters, um, I'm usually okay with loops. But if there's a lot of like up and down, like big drops, mm-hmm. it'll happen. And I, I talked to my doctor about it. And I was like, I think I want to branch out. And it's like bigger coasters. And she's like, don't do this. <laughs> and she gave me beta blockers oh, to okay. try it out. And I took them and I went to a Six Flags and I went on one coaster and was like, nope. Nope. Never again. So uh, I stick to theme parks.
0: Never again, be- the physical
2: sensation? Or- yeah, I mean, the beta blockers made me feel extremely loopy. And there's like pretty aggressive coasters at theme parks. They have this new one called Velocicoaster, which is a Jurassic World themed coaster at Universal in mm-hmm. Orlando. And like, that's a big ass coaster. And it is a ton of fun. But because it's new, it's built really well. Like, the physics of it are great. So I feel. Fabulous on that. But some of these other coasters at random amusement parks, like they're just not always yeah. designed the best, and they can just be so painful. I um I enjoy the roller coasters
0: at Disneyland. I've never been to Disney yeah. World. But Six Flags, like there's a certain level of extreme coaster that I can't, it just scares me.
2: Same. I'm not like, in. I, w- I wanna, I wanna feel fun. Like I wanna I want to have a good time, but I don't want to worry about pulling a muscle in my neck like that's that's not for me
0: but knowing that you white out that's like really raises the stakes because I know uh but you but you don't ever do that on the on the theme park roller coasters
2: no um and I like I kind of I, I don't want to jinx myself but I kind of have like an iron stomach like I can eat a ton of theme park food and then go on a ride and I'm fine But it's something about like, I think I'm always dehydrated. Maybe Mm -hmm. that's it. I'm just always like, like barely making it through. So that might contribute to it. But I, I'm good with the rides at Disney. I'm good with the rides at Universal. And I'm kind of fine from there. So
0: going back to the loving a place where you can access some of that childhood joy, when you were a kid, like, okay, I'll use me as an example. I Always wanted to be older. I wanted to wear makeup, you know, young. I really wanted to get my period until I got it. And then I was like, why did I want this? I wanted, <laughs> you know, my first kiss. I wanted to go to, like, I read teen magazines. I read books for older girls. I just always wanted to be older. And, and I think some of that got in the way of really experiencing the joy that, the, like, joy that we associate with childhood. What about for you? Did you have, like, a pretty normal childhood?
2: Yeah, I'd say it was, I have no like top notes from it. I was definitely, mm, I would say on the uncool side to to keep it generous, <laughs> uh, <laughs> to not incriminate myself. So I think um as I was able to like not be locked in a classroom with 30 other people mm-hmm. who are constantly like looking at each other and comparing themselves to each other, that was very freeing. But f- I mean, for the most part, I wasn't into this stuff when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So it's as weird to me as it probably is to you that it's my full time job now. But I-, I don't I wasn't too focused on striving towards adulthood. I mm-hmm. think I was just maybe looking for more autonomy in my own life, which I got like the minute I went to college. So it was fine.
0: Um, I also wasn't i mean i think i was no i was gonna say i think i was cool it just wasn't that wasn't a feeling shared by a lot of people but i don't even think i thought i was cool
2: um yeah no no, i I also was i was not cool yeah i was pretty uncool (laughs) were you like the were you picked on no i was just i went to a gigantic school i went to a school that had four thousand kids so cool was kind of not it didn't really matter because there were i mean like what 2,500 uncool kids It like, was, that was <laughs> fine um, And I was mostly in theater So we were in like Our own little weird bubble mm-hmm. Together But Yeah, I was just Like Just a, ha- Hung out with my friends Loved them And kind of just Didn't want to deal With the rest of it Did you want to do theater? Um, there was a second Where I considered it And then I I mean I just knew I wasn't good enough To make it a, a job Because if you're not Landing lead roles In your high school show Get out of mm. here it's not going to (laughs) happen.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess you're right. But yeah,
2: I just was realistic about it.
0: Um, What made you decide to do your, your, your hit podcast? Very amusing.
2: Oh, oh, thank you very much. Um, It really just grew out of the fact that I've, I report all these stories for magazines and different outlets. But there's a lot of stories that don't fit there that I can't do anything with. And I kind of got I got tired of sitting on these ideas and these things I wanted to report on and just having nowhere to do it. And it I really wanted to bring it in house to talk very like, office about it. But I wanted to be able to if I had an idea, if I saw something cool to pursue that and report on it and interview someone about it, and talk to the people I wanted to talk to without um, having someone in the editor chair saying mm-hmm. no. So it's it's been really nice. I think it's we're just past a year or like maybe a year and a half at this point. Um, we're wrapping up our third season at the end of the year and it's, it's been good. It's been like a really nice opportunity. I really enjoy it. I wasn't sure how I'd feel about transitioning to an audio platform because I'm a, a writer, which is not, it's kind of the same, but it's not exactly the same. Mm-hmm. But I've, I've enjoyed it. I'm used to like screaming into a mic alone in my house now. So
0: <laughs> it's, it's, it's very well done. How, oh, do you, you plan out like what's your process do you plan out um like a whole season ahead of time or how do you decide what each episode is going to focus on
2: yeah I've planned <laughs> i plan out the entire season and then none of that happens <laughs> uh, <laughs> i I try my best but we intended to launch before the pandemic and then that didn't happen so we've never had an episode that wasn't during a pandemic which you know a pandemic affects theme parks and travel so much these parks were closed for longer than they've ever been closed for before so that is it was
0: so crazy because I remember Jeff sent me an email saying hey I know someone who I think would probably be really great on the Thursday show blah 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 he actually said you remind him a bit of Jenna Kim Jones aforementioned Mormon um but but not Mormon but like equal equally into you know talking about snack foods and things like that yeah uh, and just because time has been so distorted, if someone had asked me, I, I would have said, oh, no, that was definitely before the pandemic. But when I think about it, it wasn't because I met you on Zoom
2: yeah. But I c-
0: I would have been-, have been sure that was before the pandemic.
2: Same. Cause it was so long ago. Yeah. Oh my God. No <laughs> wonder we're in a bad mood and we're like, why? Why right. is it? Cause there's this never ending pandemic that's only going to get worse before it gets better again. Who knows uh-huh. why? Um, yeah. It, so it's, it was a weird, it's been a weird, weird group of months just covering something that is just really in the center of all of mm-hmm. the pandemicy discussions. But I, I feel like, you know, I was able to get a bunch of stories out that weren't necessarily just focusing on masks the whole time. And <laughs> it's, it's been fun. It's been really fun. My favorite part of it are these every season we do a hidden Mickey's interview, which is where we interview um, a noteworthy person who is kind of secretly a Disney fan. Oh, there are not that many of them. So it's been really nice. We've had um, the most recent one was Robin Lopez, who's a basketball player, Mm -hmm. and him and his brother Brooke are obsessed with Disney. And then uh, Paul Shear and Taron Killam. And there's I mean after we after Bobby Moynihan there's no one else. Like, it's just like it's like where do you go Ariana Grande? Like there's nowhere to go. But so far it's been really nice to like talk to people who are enter- like in entertainment but still yeah. have this passionate love for something on the same level that all my listeners do.
0: I think each hidden mickey needs to bring you another hidden mickey at the end.
2: You're right. They need to be recruiting. for <laughs> That's right.
0: Make it like an MLM. Put them to work.
2: Yes. <laughs> need
0: to be working. And I'm on the
2: top of the pyramid being like, bring me all those MeUndies ad dollars, please. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I every season I map it out and it all goes to shit. And then, you know, like, because news happens. So it, it's really hard to stick to a schedule when I can try to and like I knew Disney World's 50th would be happening. But then, you know... Uh, one day I got an email and they were like, would you like Malcolm Gladwell to come on your podcast? And I was like, is this a prank? So you kind of like just have to go with it, even though I like to keep it tied to news and to certain dates and try to like break out the episodes. There's not too many similar ones in a row. But all my attempts at organization are futile and I shouldn't even try. <laughs> uh
0: How was Malcolm Gladwell?
2: Stressful. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, there is not enough Adderall in the world for me to be able to feel comfortable talking to that man, like, <laughs> just a pandemic soup brain trying to talk to someone at that level is a lot. Mm-hmm. But it, it was interesting, because we talked about The Little Mermaid, which is, uh, he did three episodes about it for Revisionist History, and about the problems with it. And I report on Theme parks, I don't really know the Disney movies. And for a lot of fans, those go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. But I didn't grow up a fan of this stuff. I just wasn't really I was watching Clarissa Explains It All. Like I wasn't I wasn't paying attention to this. So I don't know the property that well. So I was like, Oh, I just study up and like get mm-hmm. ready. And then he the interview went well, but I think a lot of my listeners were like, How dare this man come in here and and judge our favorite movie? Right. So it was a weird dynamic it. after.
0: What's he talking about the problems with it? Like, is it saying it's problematic?
2: Yeah.
0: Ooh, what are the problems with it?
2: Um, He had a lot of problems with sea law (laughs) and that um, Ursula took something from Ariel, even though Ariel's a minor and she doesn't really have the right to do that. And that like Ariel's dad wouldn't really let her live her life and the marriage to the guy. Wait, isn't, but
0: aren't all fairy tales pretty similar?
2: yeah yeah it again it was uh, he there's I mean he reported it way better than I do. <laughs> but it's just kind of how like Ariel wasn't given autonomy yeah was kind of just being I feel like
0: they're all like that but the, but maybe it's helpful to point that out not to your listeners but to some people
2: yeah the newer ones and as I uh kind of argued with him like the newer Disney movies have a different idea of a princess. Like they've really worked to redefine what Disney princess means. And now it's a warrior. It's a leader. It's someone who's important to their community. Mm-hmm. Um, but the older movies didn't emphasize that as much. Right. Yeah. How do you feel about, I know, I know you just said that you're not super into these movies, but
0: how do you feel about Frozen? Because <sighs> it's been nonstop in a loop in our house, yes. on a loop in our house for just years now.
2: I think my thoughts about Frozen are I'm I'm blessed to not yet have children. <laughs> um it's not my favorite movie. I don't really resonate with it much. Um that song was a curse on society for <laughs> quite some time and uh, I mean take it or leave it kind of. It
0: is weird how it seems 100% of children latch onto it.
2: Yeah, I don't know it's what the psychology behind it is, mm-hmm. but they I don't know if it's I mean I like Olaf. I'll give them that. Olaf's great, but otherwise, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's we will. Tony, uh... Tony you a big Frozen guy? <laughs> I've
1: I have never seen it.
2: Got to make time. I I, I
1: weirdly them. I love love Disney World or Disneyland, uh, and this always surprises people that I love it, but I have barely seen any Disney movies.
2: Yeah, because you don't yeah. really have to.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's like a handful, like excluding Pixar. I'll see the Pixar movies. But, uh, and I'm not anti. I just, I I just didn't really grow up watching them.
2: Neither did I. And people think that I grew up on another planet.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've literally seen like three or four. All
2: right. Let's
0: see. Let's see what you got. Okay. Have you guys seen Snow White? No.
2: Yes. Well, now I've, you know, I've caught up.
0: Tony, have you, uh, both of you, have you seen Bambi? No.
2: Yes. Cinderella? No. Yes.
0: Peter Pan. No.
2: Yeah, I rewatched that recently, and it is not okay. (laughs) Uh,
0: The Native American stuff?
2: No, also, like, Peter Pan sucks. He's such an asshole. Yeah. It's like, I had no idea, because I knew that there, you know, there were bad depictions in the film, but I didn't know that Peter Pan was like a jackass.
0: Did I tell you I had a... I don't know why I would have, unless we already had this conversation... Things are getting weird in the multiverse. Uh, I had a huge crush on Sandy Duncan as Peter Pan. I saw it as advantageus. Yeah. I don't, and
2: I don't know what that's about. I mean, this came up in my episode with, with Robin, but apparently, everyone thinks Robin Hood is hot. I've heard this.: Oh,
1: yes. the Fox. Yeah, is that what you're talking I, about? Yeah. I, had, I brought this up on the show before. Yeah. I've heard multiple girls talk about this before.
0: I'm sorry. I only had eyes for Sandy Duncan as Peter Pan, <laughs> but I got to see it. I got to check out this hot fox.
2: Yeah. I got to go back and watch it and like see, see if I'm into him, which is already just a flawed premise. Right. But I don't, I don't get it. But apparently everybody has the hots for him. All
0: right. Let's keep going. Fox and the okay. Hound. I haven't seen it. No. Robin Hood. No.
2: I don't think. I think is I don't remember anything from childhood, so I effectively mm. have not seen. it. Okay, um, uh, uh, Sleeping
0: Beauty. No. Nope. Yeah. Lady and the Tramp. Do we ready to do this one? No.
2: Nope. Ooh. I guess I only know the spaghetti scene.
0: Oh, it's so good! You got to see that. I recommend that one. <laughs> like
2: that. Um. Uh. Uh. Oh, I just
0: had uh, Beauty and the Beast. Nope. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen Beauty and the Beast.
1: Little Beauty Mermaid. Beast is,
2: okay. How have you not seen Beauty yeah.
0: and the Beast? Hey
1: you can't turn this around after you said everybody (laughs) thinks you're crazy
2: (laughs) but that one's i mean it's quite good that's what that's what i hear i just also i was like with man who forces her to fall in love with him i was like singing candlesticks Come on, i think that came
1: out when i was like a freshman in high school or something too and like yeah not exactly great timing there
2: what's your reason for not having seen this stuff do you have one
1: uh doo, doo,
2: doo. No, put in I the jeopardy kinda, song here just Tony. didn't
1: really see like i said i've seen a couple but like uh i don't know they just never i was like hardcore star wars kid and muppets kid okay. Oh, uh, so which you, had a you know show. funny are, are both now owned by disney so in yeah. a way but uh yeah that's like those were like the big things i cared about star wars I and didn't- muppets
2: I didn't realize until recently that my mom kept me from watching certain movies because a parent died in it. Oh, yeah. So I never saw Lion King. And I always thought I had because we had a Lion King computer game. And (laughs) I realized I was watching it on a plane and was like, I don't know. I don't know what happens. And she's like, well, you know, like his dad died. So I didn't want you to have to deal with that. And she did that for all of the movies like that.
0: Yeah, they're, some of them are, they're, they're grim and they're dark. Yeah. A lot of them. Um, Tony, can you name the seven dwarves?
1: Probably.
0: Carly, this question's coming to you next, but I feel like you probably can. Let's <laughs> uh,
1: see. Sleepy, happy, dopey, grumpy. Yeah. There's a doc,
0: right? Uh-huh. <laughs>
1: I know, I know the rest, but I, I think I might be tapped out there. I know there's only two more. I don't know, if I've also forgotten what I said.
2: Wait, sli- okay, you, what did you, you said sleepy, happy, grumpy, sneezy?
1: I did not say sneezy.
2: Uh,
0: and I'm forgetting the other one. Is it dopey?
2: Oh, bash. Is there a bashful? Bashful. Yeah. Mm.
0: He's really like the sleeper one.
2: Yeah, he really a, is. Yeah.
1: Should have been the you think Sleepy would be the sleepest. Yeah, the sleepest. <laughs> right. Didn't get that out.
0: <laughs> I I knew where you were going with that though. Listen you guys. Pack your bags for the trip of a lifetime. You didn't know you were going somewhere. In the Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip, streaming only on Peacock, this new original exclusive is the Real Housewives crossover that fans have been asking for. Finally, you can see seven iconic housewives from four different cities together in one place, including Cynthia Bailey and Kenya Moore from Atlanta, Kyle Richards from Beverly Hills, Teresa Giudice and Melissa Gorgia from New Jersey, and Ramona Singer and Luann from New York City with a crew like... Like that what could possibly go wrong? As any Real Housewives fan knows, the girls' trips are legendary. Watch these housewives enter into uncharted territory as they vacation poolside in their stunning Turks and Caicos villa. This trip will not disappoint. See this exclusive crossover event now and watch the new episodes every thursday plus stream more of your reality favorites on peacock including all past seasons of the real housewives hit movies and shows exclusive originals live sports news and more go to peacock to sign up i am deep in the real house well that's not true i was gonna say i'm deep in real Housewives right now but i'm just deep in real housewives of salt lake city is anyone here watching that
2: I I don't watch uh, reality TV, but I got to say, I'm quite interested in the idea of real-worlding a bunch of different ones and putting them in a vacation house. That's oh, no. brilliant.
0: They should put them in a hot dog. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but I did hear you say that you've been watching a lot of Law & Order SVU. <laughs> yes. Are you watching, like, like, new SVU or old SVU? Because I also went through a lengthy SVU period. Uh,
2: new SVU. It It is it's getting to be a problem. Um, I watched, basically I started three seasons out so that Mm -hmm. I could catch up to modern times. Oh, that's kind of smart. And then, yeah. And then I found out that I love Carisi, Dominic, Sonny Carisi Jr., my favorite character. So I went back and started with his first episode and then have been watching from there.
0: See, I don't even know who that is. Is he, who is he? Did he replace Stabler?
2: He, I think, I don't know, wait, because I only started with his, so I okay. don't know when Stabler left. Elliot, St- <laughs> he- Elliot Stabler
0: is Christopher Maloney.
2: Yeah. he. I, I think there was time between Chris Maloney leaving and this guy coming in, because he right. came in as like a random detective and then just worked his way up. Now he is the um, assistant, the ADA, oh. the assistant DA. Okay, so he's def- then he's definitely not. Uh, he didn't replace Elliot. Yeah, well, he started as an SVU detective. And oh, it's I see. Very nice story because he went to Fordham Law. He took the bar. Mm-hmm. He passed the bar. It was a very exciting day for Carisi. And now he has like graduated to becoming. Now he's on the other side, and so he's like navigating the waters Got it. of of the eighth floor, as they refer to it.
0: I need to get back into it because that show was like comfort television, which is weird because I I don't like anything scary. I don't like anything disturbing. I. I, I heard a trap snapshot in our attic and I've been like haunted by it ever since. And I feel like I don't want there to be traps. Like I'm very, I'm, 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 I'm a real cream puff. However, so he would see me watching SVU and be like, how? Cause if you just watch it for a second, you're like, this is horrendous. Yeah. How can you stand <laughs> this? But I was like, you don't understand. There's something. It's like a, it's like a comic book. There's something so comforting about how formulaic it is.
2: Yes. And I, I keep watching it. And I know this is embarrassing, but I keep watching it to pinpoint when they are normal people. Oh, like, have you ever is- seen them be normal people? Well, the the episode that I finished last night was him being, was Carisi talking to Rollins, who's another detective. And he was like, asked if her daughter was still awake. They were wrapping up the day. And mm-hmm. she's like, she's like, yeah, like Jesse's still up. And he's like, all right, we're going to go to the grocery I'm going to make spaghetti and then we're going to watch really bad reality TV. And I was like, oh, my God, like just living for that one minute of them being normal was very fun. But you never saw it,
0: did you? No, never. Because. okay, so here's the thing. The first season of the show. So Olivia and so Benson and Stabler, you actually saw them in their homes. Sometimes. And then the second
2: season, you never saw that. But then maybe
0: they're maybe they're bringing some back.
2: Yeah, you see Olivia in her home kind of often because she has a son. And you sometimes will see Rollins in her home. But actually, so that episode was them talking about going to make dinner. And then two or three episodes ago, they were making dinner at her place. I see. There was a payoff, I guess, like four years later. So (laughs) (laughs)
0: that's really playing the long game. So, okay. Okay. I would have to go back in but because I remember noticing, oh, they really changed. They made it much more procedural starting with the
2: second season. Yeah, but here's here's what's weird. Um, The new season, I heard that they hired a whole new team because it Mm. looks different. The precinct is different. I think they have a different director of photography. And I just feel like I'm getting in a little too deep when I'm like concerned about the lighting on set for this procedural show. Like maybe I'm watching too much.
0: Maybe I'm not watching enough. I got to get You're back not. in. Tony, have you ever watched these shows?
1: I'm gonna blow your minds right now. I've seen less <laughs> Law and Order than I have Disney movies.
0: Oh my god! Yeah. Have you ever been trapped on a plane and all they're playing is Law and Order, Criminal Intent? The worst one. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> I see. In that scenario, I would be more inclined to watch a Disney movie.
2: You should. Okay. What Wait, did... so then, Tony? What are you watching?
1: Yeah. What are, what am I watching?
2: Are you watching
0: I'm me? Not, TV.
1: Honest... What do you say?
0: Wait, were you are you, not Me t- Yeah, weren't you telling me about Me TV? No. <sighs> what is the name of the channel that plays like Family Ties and Facts of Life?
1: Oh, are you Ooh. talking about the the Pluto TV yes.
0: thing? Yes. Yeah.
1: yeah. I actually haven't watched any of that in a while, but that yeah, that has all the different channels of I, cuz I got very hooked that they have the different music video channels. <laughs> Uh, which are VIVO channels actually bringing it all oh. back? Yeah, there's a VIVO seventies, VIVO eighties, VIVO
0: nineties. If,
2: if only you ever saw words, then I'd have some credit. But you know, because it's a music video, comedy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know what they need to bring back is pop-up video. I'm surprised they haven't. I
2: if, know, and there's so many comedians now who'd be great, yeah. like a whole new fresh batch of people.
1: Wait, I think you're thinking of the I love the Because pop-up
2: video. Oh yeah, was you're the, right. That's yeah.
0: different. I just yeah, nodded different. though because I'm like. Did comedians pop up and I just can't remember? They have, they did try to bring back Best Week Ever a few different times.
1: Yeah. And they just brought back Behind the Music. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. Enough of all this. We have some questions from listeners to answer. So I am on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. Bonus Patreon. episode. Thank you. Bonus episodes of the friend zone. There's a level where you can text me and I will text you back. We do periodic zoom parties. I am overdue for doing a zoom party. You can see video of the Thursday show. This particular video though, youtube.com slash Allison Rosen. And you can see all of it. You can see the wiener mobile, the small wiener mobile yeah, whistle.
2: Here it is. There Boop. it
0: is. Um, <laughs> And what am I, oh, you can submit questions, duh. And you can submit carbohydrates that I will call you, I will address you as on the Thursday show, sign up, you get a shout out on the Thursday show. And if you subscribe for an annual subscription, use the word subscribe too many times in that sentence, sign up for an annual subscription, get 12 months for the price of 10. So you get two months free. Where's the drop?
1: I can't you, see this. It's again. I think of it as a Thursday show yeah, <laughs> with all the drops.
0: I just never know anymore. <laughs> Here, I'll do it. That's a good deal. We have someone. That's a good deal. That. Thank you. Okay. Uh, so I have. Uh, I have some questions for Carly, and we have a song.
1: When we ask, to send them in. They'll wonder.
0: So thanks so much for answering these questions from our fans. Okay, first question is from my husband Daniel Quantz, who actually is a (laughs) Patreon subscriber, even though I'm like, what? Why? Like I wouldn't My husband wouldn't
2: do it and I was mad at him. Oh really? Just take the win. Okay.
0: (laughs) All right. Um so uh he wants to know what you posted about with the like Disney Chris the Muppets holiday stuff. Is that going to go on all holiday season or was that just for a few days? Like, basically, should we go for Christmas?
2: Okay. So uh, there was this special event at Disneyland called Disneyland Merriest Nights. And I believe there are only six of them and tickets are sold out, sadly. Got it. But as part of it, they had the Muppets on a a vehicle, on a two-story old e-time bus that they have at the park drive down Main Street and then park at the end of Main Street and sing a bunch of songs. That's so cool. I was expecting it to be like, they sing two to three songs, everyone loves it, they go away. It was basically a 15-minute show. Like, there was a narrative, there were, like, overhead introductions for it of the Muppets taking over. It was amazing. And Basically, like Disney is bringing the Muppets into the theme park fold in a way that I think is very smart because they haven't been utilizing them as much as they need to. Mm-hmm. And they just had Muppets Haunted Mansion on Disney+, Plus, which is like a Muppets movie themed around a ride that is at the parks. They brought them in for this holiday thing. The park was packed from people waiting to see the Muppets. So I'm hoping that whatever like number crunching bean counting people realize how much money people will spend on this stuff. And we get more of them and we can visit them at Disneyland
0: regularly. So is there like a reason too. to like hustle our buns there for the holidays though?
2: Um, only if you want to see the holiday stuff only um, for a lot of families, especially in California, it's tradition to like see the tree and get a mm-hmm. Mickey gingerbread and see the holiday fireworks. Um, and there's a really good food festival. And I say that as someone who despises food festivals, but there's a lot of seasonal stuff going on. And then It's a Small World has a holiday overlay where it's holiday themed, but that is, has not yet opened. It was delayed. So you're not missing that yet. Okay. But unless you're like Jones in for some like, Christmassy holiday stuff. I always am, though. I, <laughs> I, I always know. am.
0: What about Haunted Mansion? Do they make it Night Before christmas
2: Yeah, it stays Nightmare Before Christmas through Halloween and all the way through, like, I believe this year is January 6th or January 9th.
1: Hmm. Have you ever done if, that,
2: Allison? Uh,
0: done. The done. Nightmare
1: Before Christmas Haunted Mansion.
0: I, I, you know, I feel like I have, but now I'm wondering if I've just walked by it and thought I'm not into this. Oh, I feel great. like I have. Maybe I, I must not have then or else I'd remember it. It's yeah. pretty cool because they redo the whole ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I have.
2: It's just a way to look around and go, wow, people worked too hard on this. (laughs) (laughs) Elliot is very,
0: very into the Haunted Mansion right now. And he's into Nightmare Before Christmas. So I think we should... But it might be hard to get... Is it impossible to get reservations right now are they still doing the reservation
2: system still doing the reservations um not impossible it is more difficult if you have an annual pass that reservation calendar is tricky but the hard ticket like purchasing a ticket wanting to go to the park there's there should be some availability oh all
0: right
1: it's pretty hard though i was actually looking last week and it's it's there's some but it's it's kind of it's it's slim pickings the last i saw
2: really even for like full price ticketing
1: I believe so. Maybe I'm yeah. wrong. Maybe I'm, I'm sure sh- you would know better than me. But I, I did just look last week and it looked kind of rough.
2: They've been like introducing more availability here and there.
1: Yeah, might be. I'm confused as to how it's all really working exactly still.
2: Yeah, that's understandable. Yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a lot. Okay, wait, now I'm gonna look at the calendar. So I don't sound like a dummy. Um, oh yeah. Oh, there's nothing. (laughs) Oh, it's different from when I checked. (laughs) Um, wow. I checked maybe like a week and a half ago. Yeah. Weirdly, you can still go on Christmas, but you can't go other days.
0: How fun would that be to go on Christmas?
2: No, not fun. Busiest day of the year. Oh, really?
0: Really? Oh, I would not have guessed that. I would have thought it would be like a nice, uh, not super busy day.
2: No. I think if you get a park hopper, that's what it was. I was looking at the park hopper calendar. If you get a, a ticket where you can go to both parks, right. there's way more availability. Oh,
0: they really? They only
2: have like four days that aren't available in mm. December. That must have been what I was looking at. Um, no, the, I, was, I was told by someone, I can't remember who, who said the best time to go was Father's Day because it's like empty. Or I've gone during the Super Bowl and I feel like it wasn't that busy then. I've heard that too, yeah. Like, Wait, why... Go ahead. Yeah, morning of New Year's Day, I believe, is quiet. Why is Father's Day so empty? Does Do, do dads
0: just not want to go? They probably don't want to I think go. a
2: lot of people go for Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. So then they probably, like, you know, a month later or not. I right. I haven't gone on Father's Day, but that's what I hear.
0: Are they limiting the number of people at all?
2: Uh, yes, but I have no idea what they're limiting it at because right. the park is Busy, and so it raises a question of capacity in terms of are you just running less ride vehicles so like the rides are mm-hmm. there's just less people operating additional vehicles that they would bring in for extra big crowds right so it's uh it's unclear exactly how it's breaking down, but there i mean the parks, especially Disneyland because it's so small it it's 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 busy mm-hmm. but it's not um this was a mistake I want to go home, I'm miserable busy, which it used to be and before it dies,
0: you know that um Is it called 24 Hours of Disney? That thing where they're open all night? They don't do it anymore. When Daniel and I went to that, and we went at like 10.30 p.m. or something. Oh, my God, you went to that? We went to it because we had, at the time, passes. We had annual passes. Whoa. So we went to that, and that was a like, oh, this was a mistake. I don't want to be here. It was. I don't know what made me think possibly it wasn't going to be that crowded at that time. It was... And all we did was – I don't think we went on any rides. We got, like, Mickey-shaped waffles. Mm -hmm. And Daniel posted a photo and did hashtag keto – or no, hashtag paleo. Like, joking. But then tons – because that hashtag was popular, like, tons of people started getting in the comments being like, Oh, I don't think that's actually paleo. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, it was – that was very, very crowded. Yeah. Okay. Pamela Yama says – It's a long question. I'm going to Disneyland and staying at the Disney Grand Californian for two nights with my four-year-old and eight-year-old kids. I don't do Disney often, and I'm having major anxiety over this trip. Please help with some advice on keeping me sane during an exhausting three-day trip. Other specific questions... Can we enter the park early on the day that we check into the hotel? Magic hour. Should I just do one by one the questions?
2: <laughs> um did this person say when they're staying?
0: Let me let me just scan this real fast. Okay. Um Oh my god, there's a lot of questions. <laughs> no, she didn't say when.
2: Okay. Um I'm going to check one thing just because I don't think this is Yeah. So Okay. um, To answer the first question, uh, they're staying at the best possible hotel for if they are anxious about this because Grand Californian connects to California Adventure. So you can very easily just go back to your room for nap time if you want to take a break. Um, Something I've done when staying there, especially on checkout day, is that I will go, I'll wake up early, go to the park for two hours when there's no lines because you're there like the minute they open and I'll jam in a bunch of rides and then come back and like check out and have them hold my luggage and do that because that way you're not like, like you're really maximizing the day and anything after that like it's it's gravy because you already got a lot in. But just utilize that door because you're, I mean, you're perfectly positioned to do whatever you want and you can just move in and out freely which is great Um, in terms of extra time in the park i believe that the extra uh the morning benefit for hotels at disneyland resort is currently suspended Mm. depending on when you go i would just double check because they haven't lifted that yet but i assume they would soon because i I don't really understand why it wouldn't be back yet um, except for staffing possibly but just check because it's i don't believe it's currently happening but it could come back at any time
0: Should I park at the hotel or at the Disneyland parking lot?
2: Oh, at the hotel. Park at the hotel when you check in. The annoying thing is they just raised parking prices for hotel guests. I believe it went from $25 to $40, which is bananas because you're already there and you're already spending your money to spend $40 a night. But you basically, you want to, you don't want, you can't park overnight in the Regular structure, just park at the hotel and then you'll be walking into the park every day because you're right there. You're like right outside the gates. Uh
0: uh, 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 Oh, she wants to know how do I, okay, there's, this a, she wants to know how do I check in early? I can't get anyone on the phone from Disney. Is there a secret bat phone I can call for customer service?
2: There, the phone lines are a mess. Uh, it takes hours to get a hold of someone sometimes, but, You, I believe the thing is, I don't usually stay at Disneyland because Mm -hmm. I'm local, but let me see. They should have uh, – do they have mobile check-in? Do they? I'm not sure if they – yeah. Yeah, I think they have mobile check-in. But you can always – if you're staying at the Grand California, you can always enter the park whenever you'd like. It's just the hotel room is the only factor. Right. I think she's wondering what to do with their bags, but the hotel will probably oh, hold you, you, them, right? You can hold them, yeah. Yeah. You
0: can hold them at the hotel. Thank you for any and all advice you have for making this anxiety-provoking trip a fun time. I just want to say I am feeling her anxiety and I am with you, Pamela. I would be worrying about all these logistics, too.
2: Yeah, you can Yeah, you can online check in for the hotel, I believe. Um, In terms of like what, without knowing when you're going, it's a little trickier, but... The one thing I would flag to pay attention to is Disney Genie, which is the new, basically the new like fast pass program. It's Disney Genie, Disney Genie Plus, and then this thing called a la carte lightning lane. So you'll use a la carte passes. Everything happens through a lightning lane, which is the old like fast pass entry queue. And when that comes online, it will completely change the way you visit the park. So you don't want to be in a situation where you wind up at Disneyland Resort and that exists and you're not prepared for it. So just make sure they haven't announced that date yet. There's a chance they will announce it this week. Um, so I would just keep your, you know, just keep an ear out in case. But otherwise, if you go before they have Disney Genie and all of its parts come out, you don't, there's no fast pass. You can just move freely and do whatever you'd like. So there is, there's a benefit on both ends. But on the further end with the new platform, you would just want to make sure you research about it first. What is it going to be? It's basically a digital fast pass system that's, in a way, similar to MaxPass, but Disney Genie is the base level, and it's free to everyone who's a ticket holder who's entering the parks. They can customize a schedule for you and recommend times to go based on what the traffic is like for different attractions, what like data shows the ride lines have been like, and when you should do certain things when. Disney Genie Plus is $20 per person per day, and it allows you to basically use what was previously the FastPass service. So with Disney Genie Plus, you can book... Uh, you can book access to skip the lines for certain attractions throughout the day. And then the a la carte options are essentially just one-offs. So you can pay, I would I'd say between eight and $15 is probably what it's going to be like a small amount of money to be able to use the fast pass queue for certain very popular rides. And for those, that's the only way you can get on. It's either standby or spending a few bucks to get right on.
0: That's it's, it's, and I'm sure this point has been made. It's, it harkens back to the ticketing system.
2: Yeah, it's it's all full circle. <laughs> yeah.
0: Wow. Um Okay. Uh Whitney C says, what does she feel about traditional Thanksgiving? No, sorry, how does she feel about traditional Thanksgiving food, turkey, pumpkin pie, etc.?
2: How do I feel about yeah. it? Um, I feel like I'm going to Paris next week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you are? <laughs> yeah. I'm just opting out entirely. I feel nothing for Thanksgiving dinner. Um, wait, are you going to
0: Paris for work?
2: No, we're, our family couldn't get their shit together, so we, <laughs> we're leaving. How nice. How fun.
0: Where are you going to stay?
2: Uh, we're staying in Paris the whole time. Just going to hang out. Not going to eat any turkey. No cranberry sauce. No green beans. Nothing. Just going to go eat a baguette every day and just say, screw you to Thanksgiving food. <laughs>
0: um, wait, were you there sort of recently?
2: Yeah, it was great. It's great because it's safe there. And they check. um, You need a QR code through the French government that Mm -hmm. proves your vaccination status or if you got a test within the past 72 hours, I believe. So everywhere you go, they scan this every like I mean, to stand outside of Notre Dame, you need to scan it to go to the Louvre. You have to scan it and masks are still required. So Mm -hmm. it just it's just like bliss to leave america and to go there right oh how nice well we haven't well i have i have not gone anywhere
0: for this entire pandemic and i am you getting, gotta go somewhere it's, i know
2: it's all about timing it between kind of like the peaks and the valleys yeah. because it's gonna get bad again at the end of the year but then after that it'll dip again how how
0: how bad do you think it's gonna get you mean because of the holidays you think it's gonna get bad again
2: i can't yet tell what what because I re- I saw some story that like new variant is coming, Ugh. and I was like, oh god! And I can't tell how that will line up with people's booster schedules. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if because if everyone, if that comes, like everyone is freshly vaccinated, is that different than Delta? I don't yet know, but um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go on vacation before it gets too late. <laughs> yeah, I feel
0: we're, we're supposed to go away at the end of January.
2: Oh, that should be fine.
0: Um. But I have been so cautious and like I went to the, a grocery store actually yesterday for the first time in, in uh, this entire time, pretty much, except for Trader Joe's a couple of times uh, a few months ago. But basically, like I've been so locked down and I feel like if it gets bad again, am I going to kick myself that I didn't take advantage of this period right now? And I think I probably will.
2: Yeah, because I, I mean, I'm mostly doing this because I didn't take advantage of that window between getting vaccinated and then when Delta Delta came, like I really, I was still like, I'll take it slow. We're going, things are getting normal. And I didn't like see enough people or do enough things. And so now I'm really just, I'm kind of like playing the calendar.
0: I really, yeah, I know.
2: I'm getting this trip in and then anything else is just going to be car travel.
0: Do you eat inside at restaurants?
2: No, um, I know in LA that now you, I think they they say they check vaccines. I've never seen anyone mm-hmm. check a vaccine thing. I also haven't been at places where I would have been near the door where they do that. Right. But I will. I I'm willing if it's like a certain situation or a place I really want to go to, I would be willing to eat indoors. But I would only do it with my husband. I would only do it with someone from my household. Mm-hmm. Um, I I'm okay eating outside with friends for now. Um, that could probably change in about three weeks when things might get dicey. Right. But I try to avoid indoor dining whenever possible.
0: Yeah. I have another food question, another Disney
2: food question. Oh, yeah. So I, I was, guess I because in case anyone has like yeah. seen me at Disney World in a corner eating indoors, it's usually because like that's the only option. But I will be oh, I do it as rarely as possible.
0: Mm-hmm. What about you, Tony? Are you eating inside? Yeah. No.
1: <clears throat> excuse me, not, uh, not like constantly, but I'm, I'm okay with it. Like I'm just,
0: are you at a restaurant right now? <laughs>
1: yes. This is all a fake background. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I go out and do it sometimes. Cause yeah, places are a lot of places do check and, um, Oh great. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm vaccinated and I don't know. It, it is funny to me though. When you go places like to restaurants now though, like you still, they still want you to wear the, the masks, Look, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm pro mask. I'm, this is not a, a, but it's just, it's almost become a little bit of a charade in yeah. some of these places. Cause it's like you have to be wearing it when you walk in, but then as soon as you sit down and you get a drink or something, then you can take it off. And it's like, oh, so I have to, I have to wear it for this five feet from the door to the table. But yeah, that's just kind of, I get it, but it's just kind of funny.
2: Yeah.
0: All of it is, it's just, it's so hard to figure out having unvaccinated kids and, you know, and there's some immune compromised people that I see frequently um, just it makes it confusing. But like Emily Oster, who's a, a statistician um, who we had on the show recently, and she's been like a, a big proponent of opening schools. Her thing is like that COVID is going to be around. It's going to be with us for a long time. And the risks at this point are pretty low and it's just a matter of like, it, um, of of deciding you're going to live with some element of risk. Yeah. But I just can't make, I just haven't decided that I'm ready to do that yet.
2: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just in a place right now where I'm playing the odds. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of, I base everything on, is it something I really want to do? Because I usually prefer to dine outdoors anyway. Yeah. So and if it is if there is something I want to do indoors specifically I'll try to mitigate risk by doing other things outdoors so that it's not right. all indoors.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean I guess that's what it is like there's nothing I guess I'm just I'm I'm made for a <laughs> shut in a shutdown. Like there's nothing <laughs> except for in-person shows there's nothing that I'm really like missing except I do think overall it is like muting the colors of my life like leading to the doldrums this just sort of day in day out same four walls kind of thing
2: i mean at the end of the day you do live in a a safer state because they do have all of these things in place like when i went to go see that fish show it was an arena show and i was really uncomfortable about it but they checked everyone's stuff and i just left my mask on the entire time yeah. like even though people were like dancing around not wearing stuff like It seems like if there is a level of like a layer of that and like I can wear a mask Mm -hmm. and it's one of the only things I'm going to do and I'm going to take a hit on it. It just it all it's all there's so much of it is wrapped in emotion and it's tricky.
0: Do you know anyone or have you heard of anyone having COVID recently? Because it's really few and far between for me.
2: Not recently, but when Delta started, it was too many people. Oh, yeah. It was like everyone suddenly. Yeah. When I was like, shut it down, Mm -hmm. like it was it was like we will see you at the other end of the table in our backyard that is it like no one was allowed in the house no one was allowed in the house until about like 3 weeks ago yeah so it we were we were not fucking around with delta but now it's like whatever the next delta is right i don't know if which each one i'll be like eh, I'm used to repenting. yeah yeah the yeah delta was scary because
0: i really thought that the vaccines would protect uh, people from getting it so then when all of these vaccinated people i know started getting it that freaked me out um okay let's do uh oh my god i just saw the time i'm i'm taking up your whole evening let's well, it's just fine I, okay
2: i have another 15 minutes and then i'm driving to a dinner so okay good.
0: let's quickly do just me or everyone uh okay. and then uh, and then we're gonna let you go to your dinner
1: Sometimes I ponder on
0: something I have thought or done. Is it
2: just me
0: or everyone? All right. Carly, do you have a just me or everyone?
2: Yeah, I have a few. Oh, Um, great. Is it just me or does. How do I phrase this? Uh, Is it just me? Or does anyone else think that their candles might be secretly killing them?
0: Oh, ooh, what a fun one. Um, I did, my allergies were pretty bad the last couple days and I was suspicious of a new candle I have, but I don't think it's that. But, and I don't know if this is, this is not the same. However, there's this wonderful diaper spray, uh, diaper cream spray that I've been using on my son and it's like diaper cream, but it's like, uh, in a little spray bottle and when I spray that and then I'm like I'm tasting this that can't be good so it's a yeah. similar thing
2: I know I my husband got me these like little tea tea size candles like mm-hmm. little votives uh-huh. and so I want to smell them so I'm putting them real close to my face yeah. and I don't know what's in them and but it is that I mean, we know how, is how that, that airborne stuff can be so is that
0: different than your other candles though like are you is it these specific candles or is it all scented candles
2: I think it's because these are really like seven inches from my face <laughs>
0: Do they smell good though?
2: It smells so good. <laughs> uh, what about you, Tony? Have
0: you ever felt that things that have a wonderful scent or protect your your baby's <sighs> bottom are killing you? Uh,
1: no. First of all, I was going to say too. I, I, you're not alone in the allergy thing. I, I know of multiple people that have had bad allergies. It's really bad. Yeah. Um. But uh, no, I I have candles, but in all honesty, I don't light them all that often. I kind of forget. That they exist, (laughs) I just don't think to light them. So yeah, I don't really have this. I see
0: a candle in in the corner. I I have them.
1: I just rarely use them. I go in phases. Oh
0: yeah. You don't like candles. You don't watch Disney movies. You don't watch Law and Order SVU. Tony, missing out.
1: I'm really living the life over here.
0: Um, (laughs) let's hear another just mirror everyone. Oh, can I do one? Yeah, cool. Yeah.
2: Um. Is it just me or everyone that I hate washing my face? I hate it. I hate it so much and I've hated it my whole life and I've been shamed my whole life for it. And then I recently was like, okay, like we're getting older. You gotta do something. And so I started using this skincare stuff that a fancy dermatologist gave me that I didn't use for like eight months and I used it and I used a a retinoid and now my whole face can't stop peeling. And I'm just walking around with, like, pieces of skin falling off my face. Like, that's what I'm supposed to be doing? No, thank you.
0: <laughs> well, it sounds like the retinoid – is it a prescription retinoid?
2: Um, I don't think so because I got it from his office. It sounds
0: like um, maybe you are using too much or need to not use it every day. Or maybe it's just some light peeling till it, like, works out.
2: But, like, what? <laughs> I-, I don't want any of this. This is horrible. <laughs> I just don't understand how in the like in the process of making my skin look better, it has to look terrible.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I know. I, I'm using, and I've, I've talked about this on the show, I am using Tretinoin, which is Retin-A, pre- presently. And I do think it is making my skin look good, but periodically it will peel. And then I'm just like, there's just, well, my face is just coming off. But I, I got a whole
2: don't... new new youthful face underneath. I know, I don't, don't understand. I'm just gonna stick with like, wiping my face and putting on a lotion i'm i'm just gonna like act like i'm a 14 year old and all i see is what like noxzema commercials yes with Rebecca
0: Gayhart. so but but how do you so you take how do you how do you clean your face when you take your makeup off
2: um i use makeup remover and then i just like wet a towel and then wipe it so you hate the like lathering
0: up process of washing your face Using yeah, a and like All the goops
2: you're supposed like, I don't, I didn't major in science. Like, I don't <laughs> understand chemistry. How, I don't know, like, a hyaluronic acid and how I'm supposed to layer that with, like, the, all these other, like, those ordinary tinctures. Oh, yes. I don't, I don't know what any of this stuff is, and I'm tired of saying that I'll learn one day when I never will. I'm just not
0: sure. It's And I'm sure that people would say I'm wrong, but I'm not sure all of that is necessary. Like, I feel like a lot of the whole skincare, like, we need oils and serums and this and that. Sometimes I feel like that's in the category of self-care in that people do it and it makes them feel good and it's kind of ritualistic. But I don't know. Like, we seem to get along fine without all that stuff before. And I'm not putting... The retinoids in that category, though, because that's like a specific thing that creates a certain thing. I'm talking more about all the serums and all that stuff.
2: I don't know, and it's a like a it's a whole ass job to learn it. Yeah, and like all these people are out here on TikTok being like, "Here's what I do," like sharing all this knowledge, and it's just too much. I don't have time. I don't have time to like make a whole like layer cake on my face every <laughs> night and learn about <laughs> science. And like my skin's falling off. It's too much.
0: Yeah. Do you wear sunscreen though?
2: Uh, I. I try to.
0: Because you really, that you really should. And hey, I didn't. But- I didn't for years until I saw a dermatologist. He's like, you've got to all day, every day. And for some reason, that worked on me. And like ever since then, I've been really religious about it. But I do have sunspots from not having de- worn it for years.
2: But then again, sunscreen is terrible for you. And then Wait, again, what? this real whirlwind. <laughs> like all those chemicals are so bad. Like American sunscreen is very bad. So I never know. Like, is it, is it better to not use the chemicals because both I mean both roads lead to cancer but I don't know which one is a longer <laughs> road you know what I mean
0: oh I never thought of it that way I mean all the doctors and 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 people on TikTok would have us believe sunscreen is better for you than
2: yeah but chemical sunscreen very bad
0: that's the one I like but I know what that's you mean the one
2: they, it's like all oh, they sell it's, it's no
0: there confusing. if you look for it look at it kids or baby sunscreen those are physical blockers yeah it's harder to get them rubbed in though yeah i know so i I think what we've learned is you don't use sunscreen carly (laughs) and
2: yet you're you don't seem
0: to have any like skin spots or anything sunspots i mean you also
2: can't see like my skin my face is peeling like like a monster face is gonna come out from under (laughs) me. yeah i can't (laughs) tell it's that it's that zoom filter or dare you have you enabled filter i think so i'm not on zoom very much let me see Mm. oh i don't think i have it okay hold on see then your skin skin is like perfect i'm not seeing i mean i hear you but i'm not seeing peeling where is that filter i can only see ones that make me look like a like a little peach i'll take a peach i don't think what is that (laughs) (laughs) is this a special special st patrick's day filter I don't want to bore everyone who's listening and not watching me play around (laughs) with (laughs) having (laughs) a little sprout come out of my hat.
0: That was really adorable. I think we have time for one more, if you have one more.
2: Yeah. um, Is it just me or why reading? Why? I don't understand who these people are who are in their house all day. Like we've all been for a 100 years now. And then at the end of the day, they're like, "Mm, I'm going to curl up with a good book. Like, no, I'm going to drown myself in internet content until I eventually go to sleep. Yes, I have
0: purchased books. They're sitting on my coffee table mocking Mm me. I'm having trouble getting through them. Or opening them stack
2: of books on my bedside table, like one day my personality will change.
0: (laughs) Yes, there was a period of time where I when Elliot was young, I didn't want him to see me on my phone all the time. So I was actually reading books. And I would I would read book after book after book. And it was really great. But now that ship has sailed.
2: I'm just like, there's, we're living in a golden age of content. I am not, like, I could watch people's dogs run around on every social media platform all day, every day. Why why am I going to read a book? (laughs) And I have friends' books who I've bought and I'm like, really want to read them. And I just don't understand when that would happen in a day. I love that you're owning this. like when real estate tv is like oh here's where you'll have your coffee in the morning and it's like that never happens it's not real it's not like an actual part of someone's afternoon like it just doesn't it doesn't happen
0: it's so true it is so true i don't drink coffee in a special nook no and i don't read anymore
2: maybe when i'm (laughs) retired
0: (laughs) that's when you'll dust off the nook and those yeah. books, that was an unintentional rhyme. Carly, it was so much fun having you on the show, getting to know you better. Um, thank you so much. Tell everyone where they can find you. Plug your plugs.
2: Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. I'm, I'm so happy to be back again. This is by far one of the more fun podcasts I've thank ever been Thank you. Of. Oh, thank you. Um, you can find uh, me, Carly Wiesel, at Carly Wisel on Twitter and Instagram, and you can find my podcast, Very Amusing with Carly Wiesel, wherever they have podcasts. Um, there's a lot of stuff for different types of fans, so if you're only like a, a casually interested in what Disney culture is like, you can still bop around and find some stuff you'll like.
0: I think I said Carly Wiesel. I, I gave oh, it's you a... Oh, one. either one.
2: One parent says one, one parent says the other, Ooh. so I try not to pick a favorite.
0: Did I do mom or dad?
2: Um... I think Weisel is my dad. Oh. Weisel is my mom.
0: I said Weiss I, I just split the difference.
2: <laughs> there's no wrong way to do it. As oh. long as you do the first name right, okay. whatever comes after is fine. Well,
0: thank you. Um, it was so nice having you on the show. You guys, uh, if you like what you're hearing, please make sure you're subscribed or following or whatever the uh, language is in your app of choice so that you get the episodes. You don't miss any. Um, if if you would, be so kind as to leave us a nice comment. I love to read them. It cheers me up. If they're nice. And if they're not, it makes me laugh sometimes. Uh, and it helps people find the show. It's just a nice way to support the show. So please uh leave us a comment if you haven't already and even if you have already. And uh, tell a friend. And check out Upworthy Weekly, my new podcast that I'm super excited about. Check out Childish. And um, follow me on social media, at Alison Rosen on Twitter and Instagram. Tone Zone, what about you?
1: Uh, Twitter and Instagram at... Tone It Thaxton! And my podcast, Bizarre Albums, every Tuesday. And the Motion City Soundtrack Tour just over a month away. So get tickets if you haven't
0: gotten those yet. Do it. um, Carly, thank you again for coming on. This was super thank
2: fun. This was, I know it does feel like we talked before the pandemic, but it's all been pandemic. It's,
0: it, that's insane. That is insane. <laughs> um, listeners, thank you for listening. I love you. You matter. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen show?
1: We had a good time, but now we gotta go.